A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Hello, babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to, to our show. Happy seven-year anniversary. Happy seven-year anniversary. We've been doing this podcast for seven years. That's crazy. Now we're going to go fuck Marilyn Monroe or something. <laughs> Is that what that movie's about? The seven-year seven age? It's that one where she farts and her dress comes up. <laughs> That's what happened, right? At least in the Animaniacs version, probably. Like, oh, I can't stop farting. And then Joe DiMaggio got mad at her for farting so much. Oh, God. <laughs> Did I just rewrite history? I really like it. Um, <laughs> what's going on, Lisa? What's going on? Um, I bought a huge aesthetic water bottle. You may have noticed. Oh, yeah. It's basically a third podcast host at this point. Um, it's a Mai Tai colored hydro flask. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really pretty. Uh, it's like an ombre. It's ombre. I, uh, a friend of mine is moving to Southern California, and I was explaining to her that this is a big part of our culture here right now, is <laughs> carrying an enormous water ball around. People carry like gallon jugs. Oh, yeah. One I of love my, it. One of my coworkers just is doing some weird meal plan where he has to drink a gallon of water a day, so he bought a gallon size water bottle and he just like has it on the table at work and it's so ridiculous looking. I have seen certain voice actors, I won't name names, whose assistants have to carry those gallon jugs around. Oh shit. And I just love it. It's so dumb. Like, I mean, it's great. It's good. We're it's turning good. humans into pack mules. Yes. <laughs> it's good to drink lots of water. It's amusing that water is a trend. It feels very like <laughs> Mad Max. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, it's like, it's been around for the, ever, forever, forever. But now that we're running out of it, it seems chic. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm about to cash in on this because, yeah. uh, Southern California has a rebate program if you get rid of your lawn. Oh, um, nice. And, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm taking a free class from the city next weekend to learn how to do it. Oh, um, I didn't know that they were still doing that. I think. Yeah. I heard it was like difficult and you had to get on a waiting list or whatever. But. I mean, who knows? I haven't actually reserved my funds yet. I might have to. It might be difficult. I might not be able to get the money. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it whether they pay me to or not. But mm -hmm. like uh, I have to like drop a plan before I can even apply for the funds. So I have I want to take the class first. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it would definitely pay for itself if they do it. Um, That's a great idea. But you have to like it is like really extensive. Like you have to. Um, have gutters all the way around your house, the entire perimeter. Right now, we only have it on one side. Whoa. Um, and then you have to set up like rain capture, uh, like rainwater capture. Like they have to, the gutters have to go into like a cistern or something or like uh -huh. a rain barrel. Um, and then you also have to plant one plant for every 100 square feet of turf you get rid of. Oh. Like you can't do AstroTurf or anything. Yeah. Like it has to be like, they have like very specific requirements for what you do. Uh -huh. um, anyway, it's interesting. I hate when I like drive around fancy neighborhoods and there are all these like long green ass lawns uh -huh. that are being watered constantly. It's just like, yeah, it's not cool. I am going to go to the class and only ask, um, <laughs> which of these will my dog still want to poop on? <laughs> <laughs> Does your dog poop on gravel? Um, no, he's very particular about grass. Oh. He likes a nice patch of grass, aside from when he, um, I think I've talked about, thinks he's going to pee and then poops yes. and surprises himself. I love that so much. <laughs> that will happen anywhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, water is cool. Water is cool. It's dope. Grass is not cool anymore. Uh, no, grass is not cool. Um I feel like we were going to talk about complaints we have with our bodies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just um, in Michigan for a week uh, with family and just sleeping on like bad mattresses fucked up my body so much. Why I, am I so sensitive why, now? Yeah. I'm such a I'm such a princess. 
Was there a P underneath it? Maybe. Yeah. Several P's and lots of mosquitoes. I just, um, now I'm like, oh, I have to foam roller myself constantly. It's just like, I have tension everywhere. Oh God. Yeah. Why? I feel like all of a sudden, a bunch of things have gotten more difficult with my body that I didn't expect to happen. Like all of a sudden I can't find any slip on shoes that I like. <laughs> that are like comfortable, that feel good on my feet. And like, I would, I've done like research of like, what is the most comfortable slip on shoe? And like, I've bought like two or three different pairs and they've all been like miserable. What kind of look are you going for? Fucking anything. Do you want like a sandal or? Yeah. Oh, just something I, or yeah. Anything that won't make my foot sweaty and chafy. Like I impulse bought some sandals on Instagram from Freedom Moses and I really like them. Really? Okay. (laughs) I might want those. They come in like every single color. I mean, this isn't an ad. I'm just saying. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes Instagram targeted advertising works on me. I even bought these croc flip-flops. I was like, that's a safe bet. I'm wearing them now. (laughs) You can't tell they're crocs. Um, Yeah, those look all right. Yeah, they're fine. They look very athletic. um, But they are they have a Kate, of, I can only wear them for so long. Really? Yeah. They, they just, hurt your they're feet? They're like burning. Maybe it's just the weather. I also, I know I talk a lot about how there's like no good reason to lose weight, at least in my opinion. <laughs> um, but And I love it. But I forgot about skin tags. Oh, what uh, are those? So I've been gaining a little bit more weight recently, which I think I've only noticed because I'm getting skin tags, which is like when your skin, like when you have more rolls, mm-hmm. like little dots of skin grow oh. between the like yeah, I have one on my neck that I'm pointing at right now oh like those little like bumps they're kind of like zits they're kind of like zits only they don't have any like sensation and you can't pop them they're just dangling like little dangling things to bother you and that you how do you get rid of them I don't know you can't pop them no sometimes they just get ripped off cool um <laughs> from friction but it's like I don't know if anyone, this is this disgusting. If anyone has any information about how to get rid of skin tags, they're truly the bane of my existence. I feel like I get things like that, but they're not, they can usually, or no, they're like ingrown hairs probably. I don't know what they are. They're awful. Skin is awful. Skin is awful. Bodies are disgusting. Everything is gross. (laughs) It's too hot. (laughs) Um, One thing I know, this is like really bitchy, but like whenever I travel anywhere and I post a picture of myself somewhere, someone will inevitably comment, no matter how many times I've been in this place, they'll be like, welcome to this place. You need to try the local fudge and ice cream and craft beer. Like that (laughs) that kind of thing. I'm like, fudge is exclusively for tourists. Yes. It's not good. Fudge fucking sucks. Fudge is bad. Fudge is terrible. It's too trash. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too sweet. It's like pure sugar. Yeah. It's a mistake. It also, feels like it's a mistake that people made and they're trying to foist it on you. And only like, yeah, anything <laughs> that you sell to someone who's definitely going to leave town, you're not going to make good. Like how, I mean, there, I actually saw like a tweet about this, how it was actually developed as a tourist trade thing. Cause it was like easy to make and cheap to make. Oh really? Yeah. But I don't understand how those places stay in business. Like who is buying fudge? Who's I mean, I guess, buying fudge? I guess the kind of Email people- us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know if you're buying fudge and if you know how to get rid of skin tags. <laughs> <laughs> do they involve each other somehow? Like, do you rub fudge on yourself? And then, um, I mean, I'm sorry if like you're a listener and you've written a comment like this and I'm now making fun of you, but fudge? But fudge. I also think regional ice cream is for children. Like, I think it's something you do- <laughs> If you're bored and you have children and you're like, well, what the fuck do we do now? You take your children to get ice cream, but it's not like, it's never that special. It is weird how I feel like (laughs) a lot of the stuff you do when you're a tourist somewhere is stuff you never do when you live in those places where it's like, do I go to more museums in other cities than I do in LA? Yeah. And I I like to try to do that stuff in LA. I mean, I'll go out to ice cream in LA and it's great. Yeah. It's probably better than whatever ice cream they had in wherever I went. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when you, yeah, I don't know. I also don't, don't drink local craft beers. Like not interested in that. I feel, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely not interested in that. Don't care. Don't really drink beer. Um, yeah. I feel like as the world is becoming kind of more like globalized and somewhat homogenous, it's getting like the things that are important to do when you travel seem like they're narrowing a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like. What are you, what's the, what's the real thing I'm supposed to do here? What is that? Like, 
I don't know. That's why I get I'm mad. not very articulate today. Is this a bad day to record two episodes of a podcast? <laughs> I am also not very articulate, yeah. <laughs> but I will keep saying things. Just try to stop me. Um, yeah, I get I get upset whenever something very like original and specific and unique about a place is removed. Like I, I was getting upset hearing that like our um, that you know happy foot sad foot sign oh, in yeah. Silver Lake like that's going away and it and like not that many other people seem to care about this, but I'm just like, that is something specific about that area. And it's an area that is rapidly becoming more generic yeah, and is getting more like corporate. For and- those of you who don't know, Google happy foot, sad foot. It's this sign for this foot doctor's office. Yeah. I don't in- think the doctor's office is there anymore, but like, <laughs> really? I don't know. And, but if you, but the sign spins and on one side, it's a sad foot. Walking on crutches. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's happy. And if you look at it while you're driving by, whatever foot you see is like a good or bad omen. I'd never heard that. Oh, yeah. So if you look up and you see the sad foot, it's like you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I believe that. <laughs> I just, I like having things that are specific about an environment that yeah. you can look at and, and use as like a landmark. Um, yeah. Keep those things. Keep those things. That restaurant text is gonna close down oh yeah i mean it'll reopen it's this like old i went there this weekend it's like this old french restaurant in there's only so many old places in la i think that's also why like it's yeah. harder it's harder when things like that go away in los angeles because everything is so new yeah it's like no we need our like the our barest scraps yeah. of our history whereas like on the east side it's like everything's a million years old so yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah the east side of the country uh, yes yes <laughs> That's what I meant. The East Coast. Yeah. Or like in uh, Europe. That's yeah. what I meant by the East Side. Yeah. <laughs> Is France. <laughs> I remember watching, there was this show on Disney Channel when I was a kid called A Walk in Your Shoes. Do you remember this show? No. Where it was like these two kids would kind of trade lives for a month or like one of them would like come to someone's life. Like people who had different lives would like experience what it was like to be. And I remember there was one episode where this girl from India was living with this girl from Boston for a month. And they went to like, uh, some historic Boston thing, or maybe it was like, they went to, uh, historic Williamsburg or something. Uh And she was like, the girl from India was like, I don't know why everyone was talking about this stuff being old. This stuff is not very old <laughs> like, compared to stuff in India. Yeah. Like, uh, and then as being someone who lives in California, I was like, oh man, yeah, we don't have anything. That was like my, I, I think about that all the time. Yeah. That was like my first frame of reference for like, oh, right. I live in a weird place. We have some buildings that were built in the twenties. Like that's yeah. very old to us. Yeah. I think we have some, some older stuff like Probably some missions that are older than that, but ugh. <laughs> I don't care that much about takes being redone because I think the food there is really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went there for dinner, our waiter said a bunch of racist stuff. So I'm <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck that this is place. the trade off. I mean, all of the really old places. I know serve, it's an institution, but yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about the Tam O'Shanter where I'm like, mm. I love the Tam O'Shanter. I don't like the food. The food's not good. But the in, it's about the ambiance, but mm-hmm. the food is terrible. Any of the like old places in LA, like they made their sort of menu vibe in like the 30s and 40s when everyone was just putting egg sauce on everything. And like, it's just like heavy and gross. Have you been to that place downtown that looks like a forest inside and it's just like a buffet? No. Uh, what's it called? Clifton's. Oh, I've heard that place is great. It's pretty great. Is it gross though? Um, no, the food's fine, yeah. but it is like a buffet line where you get like meatloaf and jello. Like it's it's not like amazing food. Yeah. Um, I think they've done up the food slightly better, or maybe they're gonna redo it, the whole thing. I don't yeah. know. But it's it's lovely inside. Um, I have an announcement to make. Yes. Um, I've finished watching Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> I've now watched every episode and I have sobbed at two of them. Oh my God. (laughs) Both times I was pretty high, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do you recommend it? Uh, Yes. Depending on what you're looking for. I guess sometimes I want just like a sitcom to put on, but I'm like, shit, I've already watched all of Friends a million times. I need to start something else. This is getting psychotic. That's what you're looking for. Yes. But here's the thing. It is not streaming anywhere. (gasps) I have been buying it season by season like a maniac. That's why you paid for it. Hundreds of dollars on Everybody Loves Raymond. Probably just 
a hundred or two hundred dollars on it. Oh my god! It's really not a great move because I work in television. It is a tax deductible purchase. That's right. <laughs> Entertainment slash research slash research. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but boy oh boy, why did I do this? I don't know. Um, but I respect it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I admire your dedication. I watched it in a weird order. I started at season four. Yeah, you mentioned that because you were buying them yeah. for your mom. <laughs> yeah. Started at season four, watched to the end. I will say the finale is not good. Well, that's usually true. But it doesn't even attempt to be a finale. Yeah. It kind of does, but there's just like a bunch of stuff that they didn't even bother trying to wrap up. Has there ever been a good finale to a long-running sitcom? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's just always going to be unsatisfying. It's always going to be Because it's something that's meant to go forever. So putting an end on it is just kind of like antithetical to what it is. The Friends finale was pretty good. Uh, yeah. She got off the plane. <laughs> yeah, she didn't go pursue her dreams for fucking Ross. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I'm not satisfied. Uh... Yeah, I mean, but that it isn't an issue with a finale. That's an issue with Ross. That's true. <laughs> At least it wrapped up yeah. tidily. W- would you have been happier if she was like, I realized, Ross, that you're kind of a weird uh, psycho and I shouldn't be dating you? That'd Is that great. what you wanted the finale to be? that would be very powerful. <laughs> very powerful. Uh, I started finally watching Succession and it's my favorite thing. Oh my God. I love Succession so much. I love it so much. I, I have to wait because Adam's um, out of town for two weeks and I have to wait for him to come back before I finish the first season. Oh my God. But it's just delicious. It's so good. Yeah. I, have we talked about this on the show before? I don't think so. Um, it's really good. I'm just obsessed with it. I totally understand why people would watch like an episode or two and be like, ugh, this is not for me. Yeah. Because it does seem like it's going to be just like about rich people and sort of like glamorizing their lives and making them seem cool. But I don't think it makes any of them seem cool. No. And I don't think- They're fucking animals. They're animals. And it also doesn't make them seem like- Happy or- Or or even like- like, oh, sat like underneath it all, they're very sad and you should feel for them. Like yeah. it doesn't do that either. It's like I do feel for some of the characters occasionally, but then the yes. next scene they do something so awful. So awful that you're like, oh God. It's like it's not about like it humanizes them in the right ways. Yeah. Where it's like it humanizes them in a way where you're like, I don't think you are purely evil, but it is showing me the way that money and power corrupts people yeah. and makes people it's who bad. who have slivers of humanity ignore those slivers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very effective. Nobody should have this much privilege. Nobody should have this much. And yeah, it's, 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 it just corrupts your brain completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're, they're all still like effective at putting on these human masks sometimes and yeah god it's just so good and it's so funny well written it's yeah it's so well written it's so funny (laughs) there's some jokes in it where i'm like i can actually absolutely picture writers in a room like writing this and laughing at it (laughs) keeping it in like there's one where greg wakes up and he's hung over and he's like too much albagol hurt my stomach like he just says something (laughs) like that (laughs) it's very it's so it's such a writer joke uh, I cannot believe the actor who plays Tom is the hottie from Pride and Prejudice. What the fuck? Oh, I haven't seen that. The one with Kira Knightley. And he's like so hot in it. And now he's playing fucking Tom, this like ultimate cuck. Ultimate like corn fed American cuck. Like, yeah. what the fuck? I still think he's hot. <laughs> uh, but his char- he has the worst personality in the show like his character for me is the most cringy so far because I know so many Toms in real life like in LA I've met men like this like every agent is a Tom yes and just people who just want something so badly from you um yeah and they think you can give it to them and you're like I'm just a person Uh, (laughs) you're like a a slug a human Uh, slug everyone watch succession it's It's really good I love television. I love it too. I realize me saying I just watched every episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, like I understand why you wouldn't take my other TV suggestions. Like I understand. <laughs> I can, I can, what and also done. Instant Hotel. <laughs> and also Instant Hotel and every other stupid thing. Oh, I really want to thank one of our listeners for recommending a show to me. Um, 
called uh, Big Dream Small Places. Oh, yeah. Um, is that the gardening one? or Yes. Yeah. It is so fucking good. Who sent it to me? Um, While you're looking that up, I have a gardening recommendation thing. Oh, yes. M- myself. Um, Meredith Grand, who's this great uh, cartoonist, just started making gardening comics. Just like short little kind of garden comics done in this like sort of 8-bit style. I don't know if that's what you'd call it, but it looks kind of like um, video gamey. She's um, putting them on garden.octopuspie.com. And they're just about her like growing food in um, Philadelphia and like having like a baby and like feeding her baby the food she grows in her garden. And they're just like so sweet. And cool. And like, I think anyone who's remotely interested in gardening should check them out. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah, they're great. Um, The person who sent me this recommendation is Ashley Rogers. It's Big Dreams, Small Spaces. It's on Netflix. It's so good. Have you watched it? No. So it's like uh, tonally kind of similar to um, The Great British Bake Off Mm -hmm. in that it's like very sweet amateur British people with a hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, But the hobby is gardening. It's like, it's about people who want to transform their gardens in some way. And this like famous gardener comes and like advises them on the project and then checks in with them a couple more times throughout the year. But he doesn't like do anything for them. He just makes recommendations and then they have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And like they make a bunch of mistakes and then like he tells them why it was a mistake, but in a very gentle way. And it's really helpful to watch people make mistakes that you would make if you were in that position. Because it's like they're dealing with those situations. It's like what you would do. Yeah. Do you feel like you're learning about gardening by watching it? Or is it more like just learning about trying something and failing and trying again? Like, um, I feel like I'm learning some stuff about gardening. So far, a lot of it has been like, oh, this might not actually be useful for me and my purposes. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting watching them like make a pond and like how you make a pond. Oh. Uh, that's like really fascinating. And it's also, I mean, speaking of like old shit, like... The craziest stuff is that, like, someone will be like, I'm going to dig a pond in my yard. Uh Uh-oh, I found an old air raid shelter. (laughs) Because it's fucking England. (laughs) And (laughs) there's all this, like, like they this one family uncovered, like, the original cobblestones from when it was, like, a stable house. Whoa. And, like, all that kind of stuff just really blows my mind. Um, And the guy, when he found the air raid shelter, got really depressed. (laughs) Because wow. it was going to impede his pond. But I was like, but also it's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I also think that's kind of cool. Um, but it is like, I, it's fascinating. And it's a really lovely watch. And I did also get high and start crying while watching that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I feel like that's why I, w- I wouldn't smoke pot is that it makes me cry so much. <laughs> Maybe, no. But I cry because things are beautiful. Yeah, okay, that's good. That's good. Or because Doris Roberts is a good actor. <laughs> 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 oh geez that's great. um i'm i'm more emotional these days i don't know why i think it's just because of these gummies that we got <laughs> should i not be talking about this anyway no it's legal yeah it's legal right and it's good to be emotional yeah i think it's good to be emotional yeah uh i also didn't say what kind of drugs i'm doing so you can't get me They're police ecstasy gummies <laughs> that's not M- molly, more legal molly than- gummies yeah. <laughs> i know those i don't know that those exist um should we do chunch chat yes it's time for chunch chat a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of martha stewart's pony ben chunch, chunch. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, fine wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch. Uh, well, I don't think we can top last time where there was an actual chunch update on the blog <laughs> with chunch photos. Thank you again for that. Um, but someone emailed us an anecdote. They went to a party where they were playing Jackbox games on the TV. All of us had to put in a screen name, so I typed Ben Chunch. The host asked me what that meant, and from across the room, someone said, It's Martha Stewart's horse. Turns out my fellow partygoer also listens to Baby Geniuses. We got to talking and eventually hooked up. So thank you, Baby Geniuses. Oh my God, yes. I got laid because of you. If you read this aloud on the podcast, hi, Sia. I hope we're still cool. Thank you for trying to teach me how to bowl, but I think I'm a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is my favorite kind of news. I love this. <laughs> ben Chunch led to people doing it. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I love it so much. It's great. This is all I want to know. Um, that's a pretty good update. That's a good update. Yeah. I hope you all talk about this horse because it might lead to very good things. <laughs> yeah. Talk more about Chunch. Um, yeah, I guess that's it for Chunch news. That concludes Chunch chat. <laughs> It's time for one on fun. Emily. Oh yeah. If you had to ad- adapt um a well-known book for TV or movies, <laughs> what which one would you do? <gasps> Um, that's an interesting question because I was that's just, not super hypothetical because this is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am currently adapting a book for television. Oh, that's right. I, um, meant, I think but I'm, like you're thinking of like Little Women or, yeah, yeah. or like Moby Dick or like, you know, because Pride and Prejudice, like that kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Like a classic. So here is a thing about, uh, having received a private school education for my entire life. I didn't end up reading very many classics. <laughs> we didn't have to, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, I did not read Moby Dick. I haven't read any of the books I just mentioned. I've only, <laughs> I haven't read Moby Dick. I don't think I've read Little Women. I did read Little Women. I, I haven't think. read a Jane Austen book. I've only seen yeah, the movies. I've never read I any think, Jane Austen. I think I mean, like, a book that's already been adapted. Yeah. But you do your own but take do on it. do my own spin on it. Yeah. Um... Alice in Wonderland might be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Tough. But I, yeah, I mean, the ending of it all being a dream is so, so terrible. Yeah, I hate that. I hate those endings. Was that the first one? I mean, no. I don't know. I'm sure there's others. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm honestly having a hard time thinking of any other. Scarlet Letter might be good. Oh, yeah. That might be fun. I liked, uh, what, was the, what was the teen movie adaptation of that? Easy A? Was that oh, with, yeah. with uh, Emma Stone? That was an adaptation of The Scarlet Letter? Mm-hmm. Interesting. It was good. I've got to rewatch that now, knowing that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It was a loose adaptation. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Clueless was an adaptation of Emma in yeah. a loose way. Yeah. Um, right? I think it was. No, it was. Yeah. I think that was like a less loose adaptation. Because wasn't Easy A, she never actually had sex before she got branded a slut. Right. Whereas... In in the Scarlet Letter, she was fucking pregnant. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I guess those are some of my. That's good. good some answer. of my options. Yeah, I mean Romeo and Juliet. I feel like there's an infinite number of ways you could do that one too. Um, yeah, be hard to beat the Baz Luhrmann one. Yeah, it was so specific. But God, I would try. <laughs> <laughs> Got to beat that Baz. Yeah. Um, Lisa. Yes. If you um had to do um a an adaptation of any famous painting, <gasps> what would it be? Oh my god! <laughs> that question should not shock you, considering how uncreative I am with my questions usually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have done some. I did like a. A version of Guernica once mm. by Picasso, but instead of it was like of <laughs> it was such it was so high concept. Um, and this was a long time ago that I did this. It was like in college. Um, it's a bunch of architects, and they're all racing each other to try to be the one who gets the to dust the dust off the dinosaur bone because <laughs> that to me was like the funnest part of being or not not an architect, uh, uh, archaeologist. archaeologist. That's what I was I like that would be an interesting thing for an architect to do. No, archaeologist. Okay. Um, yeah. Because that's like the only fun part, I imagine. The rest yeah. is just like a lot of tedious note-taking. Please yeah. correct me, archaeologists <laughs> who listen to Baby Geniuses and also eat fudge and know about skin tags. Um, <laughs> right in. <laughs> uh, what would I... What are my favorite paintings? I mean, I love that Hockney one with the pool. And I've, I did adapt it for Bojack. Oh, yeah. You've done... Um, you, you have done this a I've bit. done a yeah. fair amount, yeah. It's just it's fun because you get to like basically have full license to rip off another artist. Cause you're like, no, I'm doing a parody of yeah. it and you can just paint in their style. Um, I would love to just 
do a version of a um, Hilma Clint painting. Oh, uh, they're so beautiful. There, there's like a recent show of them, and and she's this like she's Swedish, I think. She's this artist who painted in like the 30s and 40s, and like her paintings are so gorgeous and modern looking and spacey and like spiritual. Um, I'm looking, looking up, looking her up. Yeah. Hilma. Oh yeah. Yeah. They are Hilma AF Clint. Um, yeah. Some of these look like proto 60s psychedelica. Yes. She was just like totally ahead of her time and she uses such great colors. She uses like this lavender and yellow and orange and blue and they're so vibrant. And I'm like, I'm so pissed that we weren't taught about her. Yeah. And I didn't know about her till recently. Um, like, why isn't she part of the canon? Like, these are more impressive to me than almost any of the abstract expressionists that we learned about. Like, all the fucking dudes in the canon. Yeah. Um, like, Who it were just, just like, look at my jizz. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like a Rothko, but come on. Like, look at these. Yeah, um, these are fucking incredible. And she's clearly, like, a genius. Um, so... Art history is really fucked up and and misogynist and women get erased all the time. But I'm so happy that this these works have like come to light. And yeah. um, I would love to be able to paint something like this. Um, I would probably just put animal heads on all the shapes though, because I'm <laughs> I cannot paint abstractly. <laughs> I have to put figures in everything. Um, there is this uh, Twitter account that I really like. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Oh, is it the women artists one? Yeah. It's so good. There's this one real, yeah, really good women artists account. Um, I can't it's, find. It's uh, women's art one. Yes. Women's art one. Um, you should follow them. They're so good. They post uh, art by contemporary and historical female artists all the time. Yeah. And it's fascinating and really cool. And um Yeah. Uh, I strongly recommend so much good stuff. Following. Yeah. It's, it's like all different styles and, um, nothing makes me more upset than people saying like, well, maybe men are better than women because can you even name any famous female artists? They're, they're all men. And it's like, why do you think that the most publicized stuff is the best stuff? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Do you have any concept of like how society like, I mean, that, and structure and culture work? That like, is true in the case of Everybody Loves Raymond, but yes, <laughs> that's true. Uh, no, yeah, you're it's, sick. You're sick. <laughs> I am ill. <laughs> Somebody help her. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I think that concludes one on fun. One on fun. We'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow. The cover. We've got a new champion. We're here with macho man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself excluded. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Thursdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. So Rob just chimed in and said you should adapt Frankenstein to make it sexy. Sexy Frankenstein. Now I'm on board. With a female scientist making a man. Yes. This is a great idea. It's a really good idea. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. (laughs) I'm going to adapt your idea for an adaptation. (laughs) Um... This week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by me. Emily Heller. (laughs) Thank you, Emily Heller. Uh, So this came up last night because (laughs) I, wait, I forget why this came up, but me and, oh, so I posted this thing on Twitter because there was this like viral video of a baby laughing and dancing yes. to the Jonas Brothers yes. and uh, I recut it with the Succession theme song. <laughs> just so good. Um, to talk about how much I love Succession. But then I think a lot of people just thought I had filmed it. 
uh-huh. and was posting it. And I think they were just reposting it because the baby was cute. And it was a cute baby, but I felt kind of guilty. Like I was stealing someone's yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I like decided to, I was like, okay, I need to definitely link to the original. So I was like, when at first when I looked up, I just looked up dancing baby <laughs> and the dancing baby from Allie McBeal came up and we started talking about it. And Peter was like, yeah, it's weird that they just like stole that. Yeah. And I was like, what? I did not know <laughs> that the dancing baby was not, Created, created for, for Ally McGill. Yeah. Um, it was just like a GIF. It was an existing meme. Yeah. And they took it. Um, so this week's Wikipedia page is the Wikipedia page for Dancing Baby. The Dancing Baby, also called Baby Cha-Cha, <laughs> or the Uga Chaka Baby, a reference to the song playing in the background of the video, is a 3D rendered animation of a baby dancing. It quickly became a media phenomenon and one of the first viral videos early in the second half of the 1990s. The 90s were a fucking crazy time. <laughs> you could make a GIF and it would become like just a worldwide, a worldwide phenomenon. Like the hamsters, dancing hamsters, that was a whole thing too. Oh yeah. And now it's like, we need a new GIF every five seconds like yeah and none of them are impressive yeah god if if we could go back in time and just introduce some memes i wonder how oh, how viral we would go I would, there's there's a movie i'd watch about someone who travels back to the early <laughs> 90s to to bring the dank memes <laughs> and they get famous and rich <laughs> that's your version of the movie yesterday yes <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. Uh, and they like make TikTok videos. I'm really into TikTok right now. Do you I got to get into it. It's just, it's like, uh, what was that thing that we had that's not Vine. Vine? It was like, it's yes. like Vine, but even dumber and like, but it's very whole, wholesome. And like, I like the the memes that go around on there. And I've made a couple videos myself. Yes. Um, I love it. Um, so there's a photo of, the shipped cha-cha dancing motion file assigned to the baby model data. <laughs> That's a really strange way to describe that. Yeah. Where was it shipped? <laughs> uh, so history. <laughs> the dancing baby phenomenon refers to a rendered animation of a baby performing a cha-cha type dance. It originated as a collection of experimental testing data and files, ultimately released in autumn of 1996 as a product sample source file, in parentheses, sk underscore baby dot max. <laughs> <laughs> with the 3D character animation software product, Character Studio, used with the 3D Studio Max, both products from Kinetex Autodesk. <laughs> the original sample source file was produced and prepared by the original Character Studio development team, Michael Gerard, Susan Amkraut, John Chadwick, Paul Blomink, John Hutchinson, Adam Felt, at Unreal Pictures and Kinetics Autodesk, amongst several other sample files. The cha-cha animation was created using the biped animation <laughs> system of Character Studio by Robert Lurie and Michael Gerard. The 3D model of a human baby was added later by the development team as one of the character skins for the rendered animation. So there's a bunch of other skins for this animation of different characters doing the same dance. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the original toddler with diaper model, number VP5653, was built by and courtesy of Viewpoint Data Labs. Thank you, Viewpoint Data Labs. <laughs> what a courtesy this was. With the bulk of the skinning and rigging ugh, performed by John Chadwick <laughs> using the physique skin deformation system in yeah. Character Studio and final edits by John and members of the Autodesk development team. After the first pre-release application of the 3D baby model to the cha-cha animation and from pre-release showings, Kinetics Autodesk employees realized it was amusing to see a baby dance a cha-cha rather than just walk. <laughs> <laughs> this helped ensure the selection of the dancing baby as a sample file for debut release of Character Studio and for demonstration videos in product promotion. Very smart. Very, very smart to include something funny and weird. Yeah. It is funny to see a baby dance. <laughs> Instead of walk. <laughs> the animation of the original dancing baby data consists of heavily researched and adapted physics models to automate animation along with interpolated manually animated keyframes <laughs> that are generated and synthesized by the biped system of the Character Studio product. Contrary to popular misconceptions, none of the original Dancing Baby animation data were created using motion capture. Oh, so, so it wasn't 
it wasn't someone in a suit dancing and then having that motion rendered. Yeah. It was all computer animation, which is why it looks so weird. Weird. Yeah. yeah it does not look human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing human about the way this baby moves. <laughs> After the 3D source file was released to the public with the Character Studio product, Autumn 1996, users and animators were able to render their own video clips of the, quote, original animated dancing baby, in parentheses, SK underscore baby dot max, <laughs> and circulate these via the Com- CompuServe internet forums, World Wide Web, commercial and private websites, and in print ads and unrestricted email. Such activity proliferated most significantly from mainstream Windows users' royalty-free access and user renderings of the 3D Dancing Baby source file for use on the internet and in broadcast television via several news editorials, advertisements, and even comic programming in local, national, and various international markets. In late 1996, web developer John Woodell created a highly compressed animated GIF from the source movie as part of a demo of the movie-to-GIF process. And no, I will not pronounce it GIF. (laughs) Woodell later published the gift to his employee webpage, the internet startup where he worked. The animated gift then proliferated to numerous other websites and later proceeded to show up in a broad array of mainstream media, including Ali McBeal, commercial (laughs) advertisements and music videos from 1997 to 1998. How many music videos use the dancing baby? I know. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) See, I feel like multiple ones use this. Yeah. I also feel like it's not like a good, um, it doesn't make your music look cool. No. First of all, because it's a baby. And second of all, because you know that like this baby was created to dance to whatever. Yeah. So it's not flattering that the baby's dancing to your music, in my opinion. I think it's just like, I'm relevant. Yeah. I'm using this thing that everyone knows is right now. Like, and people like things that they recognize. Yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if the dancing baby danced to my music? Yeah. I'm cool, too. I wonder how hard it would be to be the dancing baby for Halloween. Because <laughs> how, how would people know you were this baby and not just a baby? You would do this specific dance constantly. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it. Never it's stop. Like very wiggly. It is. Yeah. Modifications. Variations to the original animation were later produced by numerous animators by modifying the SK underscore baby dot max sample files animation or the baby model itself, including a drunken baby, a Rasta baby, (laughs) a samurai baby, and others. Oh, boy. However. They all sound uh, sort of racist, except for drunken baby. (laughs) This is kind of like how that mannequin piss thing gets dressed up in different outfits. However, none of these became as popular on the internet as the original file, and most popular uses of Dancing Baby are virt- virtually unchanged from the or- original character mesh and animation. Appearances. I like that. OG baby. Yeah. <laughs> Appearances in mainstream media. The Dancing Baby animation spread quickly on popular web forums, individual websites, international email, demo videos, commercials, and eventually mainstream television. I would like a list of what web forums this was spreading on. <laughs> or was it just like AOL chat rooms? Like what was, yeah. what was the happening spot back then? I don't remember. AOL probably, right? Yeah. Awareness of the baby most significantly increased when featured on CBS, CNN, and Fox's Ally McBeal comic drama series. <laughs> The animation was shown on several episodes of Allie McBeal as a recurring hallucination, suggesting a metaphor for the ticking of Allie's biological clock. Ugh, this show, this show is not good in hindsight, right? No, it doesn't hold up. I mean, I think we talked about it, I will say, six years ago, five years ago when, uh, yeah, shortly after I moved to Los Angeles, I was, you were watching it. Watching it, um, start to finish. Have we been doing this podcast for eight years? No. No, seven years. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we started in 2012. We were doing it for a year before I left for LA. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so I watched every. I watched the entirety of Ally McBeal from start to finish. Oh my God. And Not as good as Everybody Loves Raymond. No, does not hold, <laughs> is not nearly as consistent. It does not hold up and it is not timeless at all. <laughs> I cannot believe that show was seen as feminist when it was yeah. like, she, it was like, she, she's a lawyer and she wears mini skirts and she's a f- woman in the workplace. But every single case when she's giving her like speech, she's like, it reminds me of my love life. Yeah. And here is how. Uh, and she was just obsessed with, anyway, it was not a feminist show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the fact that 
this was such a big part of it is so crazy. Yes. On the show, on that show, it was curiously accompanied by Blue Swede's cover of the BJ Thomas song, Hooked on a Feeling. That was curious. Yeah. <laughs> so this was the first place where it was paired with that song. I think so. Yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. kind of brilliant. Um, various commercial advertisements presented the Dancing Baby animation to international markets, continuing the mainstream media attention. This particular manifestation of the video, bound to the song, is widely distributed and referred to as the Uga Chaka or Uga Chaka Baby. That's just different spellings. I don't know why I said it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> More examples of the dancing baby used in mainstream media are below. And here they are. Uh, dancing baby made constant appearances in trade shows, worldwide marketing media, and of course in mainstream media, such as television, music videos, and later in film, too. Crash Designs Incorporated, a 1990s dot-com company founded by father and son Jeffrey Ambrose and Michael Ambrose, was the first to sell Dancing Baby merch, including t-shirts, ties, boxers, and mouse pads through its e-commerce website. Okay, how does this work as a still, like, static image, though? Like, the, it's taking everything that's interesting about it. I don't know. I feel like the screenshot that they used on this Wikipedia page is pretty compelling to me. It's so hideous, though. It's really, it's really upsetting Unattractive. Looking. Yeah. I think people are just really into 3D animation then. Remember, like, yeah. in the 90s, it was so exciting to just see, like, shapes floating through space that were yeah. animated. You were just like, wow. Oh, my God. Look at this maze. I'm in this brick maze. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, the most <laughs> basic imagery. Um in 1996, the original character studio Dancing Baby Animation appeared in major trade show demo reels, including NAB, Sigograph, IBC, Game Developer Conference, E3, and others. Which it's like, isn't that... <laughs> Whatever. <Okay. laughs> in 1996, the sequence appeared in Studio K7 release, X-Mix Electro Boogie, as soundtrack... For the track Demented Spirit by the Octagon Man. I don't understand I have anything. <laughs> so many questions about that sentence. Who is the Octagon Man? <laughs> in 1996 and 1997, the Dancing Baby animation appeared on various local television broadcasts, including news and tech editorials and CBS syndicated stations. <laughs> the Dancing Baby's first appearance on Allie McBeal was in Season 1, Episode 12, Crow Magnon, airing on January 5th, 1998. At the height of the Ally McBeal series, a dance group called Trouble released a song called Dancing Baby Uga Chaka, which charted well in Australia in late 1998, early 1999, and reached number 21 on the UK charts. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Dancing Baby appeared on an episode of Unhappily Ever After with Dennis Franz as the baby. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I need to go watch that right now. <laughs> oh, my God. It was parodied in the opening of The House That Dick Built, episode 15 from the fourth season of Third Rock from the Sun oh with French Stewart as the baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. In the parody wrestling series Celebrity Deathmatch, which, oh, my God, I totally forgot about Celebrity Deathmatch. Yeah. Um, during a match between Lucy Lawless and Callista Flockhart, the actress who played Allie McBeal, the dancing baby suddenly appears in the ring with his back turned to the camera. After a moment of dancing, he turns around and is shown to be Dennis Franz. Again. In nothing but a diaper. Referee Mills Lane shouts at him, I told you I didn't want you in my ring, Dennis Franz. To which an annoyed Franz leaves, not before replying back, all right, tough guy. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Blockbuster video commercial, Baby Dances to the Rick James hit, Give It to Me Baby. <laughs> um, uh, the Dancing Baby is also spoofed in an episode of The Simpsons, The Computer Wore Menace Shoes, in which Homer visits and later steals from a website featuring Jesus dancing with the same moves as the baby. In the television series Millennium, the episode Somehow Satan Got Behind Me features a demon who manifests himself in the form of a baby dancing to the Black Flag song My War. Uh, based, the baby was based on its use in Ally McBeal, and the director Darren Morgan commented, It's a terrifying thing, that baby. She dances with it, and you go, There's something really wrong with this person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In an episode of Chowder... What the fuck was Chowder? A parody of the dancing baby looking rather demonically appears, causing everyone to freak out and scream at the sight of it. Oh, Chowder was an animated show on Cartoon Network. Oh, right. Okay. In the 2002 movie Life or Something Like It, the dancing baby appears on the scoreboard at the baseball game. This is an exhaustive list. Yeah. Um, so is this baby like unlicensed? Like you could just 
it was free. Yeah, like why isn't there a trademark thing on this? It's really confusing. Maybe they just wanted it to spread around because it was a sample. Yeah. It was also like before people thought things on the internet could be considered intellectual property. That's not true, is it? I don't know. Uh, The Cincinnati, Ohio classic rock station WEBN featured the dancing baby dancing to the song You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC on a television commercial for the station. In the episode of Family Guy called Mixed Stroke, Stewie and Brian bet on whether or not Stewie could become the coolest kid in high school in a week. He did so Brian had to email all of his friends the dancing baby video. Great plot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in 2010, the dancing baby appeared in an episode of Super News. In 2015, it made an appearance in a Delta safety video. I oh, missed that one. Oh, 2015. Yeah. Jesus, Delta. The dancing baby makes several appearances in the Tiger Award-winning Peruvian film Videophilia and other viral syndromes. What? Okay. In 2018, a higher quality version of The Dancing Baby appeared in the Charlie XCX and Troye Sivan music video for their song 1999, which features numerous references to trends in the late 90s. Oh my God. And yeah. there's a whole list of video games that use we it. Don't, yeah, we don't have to go through all those. Quest for Glory, Dragonfire, Zoo Tycoon, Half Life, Stalin versus Martians. All right. Man. Silent Hill 4. Interesting. More recent appearances. Dancing Baby is sometimes referenced as a symbol of 90s culture. It was part of a tradition dating back to the time of its popularity. Um, It's a recurring feature on VH1's I Love the 90s series and also appeared on Best Week Ever. Man. Um, In the Journeyman episode, The Year of the Rabbit, a scene from Ally McBeal with the Dancing Baby appeared anachronistically in a scene set in 1997. Um... I'm sorry, I clicked on another link. Oh. <laughs> um. uh, the ninth episode of the 2016 Netflix series White Rabbit Project briefly features a dancing baby gif, gif noting its 1996 appearance was a peak in the popularity of GIFs after their 1987 introduction. Was the first GIF in 1987? Whoa. What was the first what GIF? What was the first GIF? <gasps> um, the, and then again in the music video for Charlie XCX. Um, I'm just so curious what happened like why is this legal this should be illegal right yeah is that fair to say (laughs) um i found the first gif ever created do you want to see it yes in 1987 (laughs) it's it's like it sucks so bad black and white clip art of a jet airplane with like cloud clouds moving. moving in the background it's so lame. It's really, really bad. It's not funny or interesting. It's just kind of. It's just like, oh, yeah, I guess I believe that that's the first the first one. This was invented in 1987 by Steve Wilhite, an engineer for CompuServe. Wow, this is exciting. Oh, I love this shit. I, I do, too. It's great. It's really good. And um, now we're just so good at all of this stuff. Like, where do we even go from here? Yeah. Now uh, we have fucking, um, what are those scary videos where you can just put someone's face on someone else's face and it looks like they're talking? Oh, deep fake. Deep fake is so scary. Oh my God. Someone showed me a deep fake video that they did of like, that someone did of Bill Hader on a talk show. Have you seen that one? And whenever he does a Tom Cruise impression, he turns into Tom Cruise. Yeah. And then he turns into Seth Rogen. It's so scary. It's so scary. It's really, really scary. It's definitely going to be used for nefarious purposes. And like people already believe whatever crap they see. So Ugh. whatever. <laughs> Everyone be on, on a high alert. High alert. Don't believe anything you see. Become uh, a conspiracy theorist <laughs> to protect yourself. Um, that concludes Wiki of the Week. Very good. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? I learned about the first GIF ever made. Yeah. It sucked. (laughs) But, you know, we needed to start with something. So thank you to the inventor. And I learned that Lisa has a shoe recommendation for me. And I'm very excited for her to remind me what it is. (laughs) We'll see if you like it. What size are your feet? Seven. Oh, you can try mine. Oh, great. Same size. Wow. I hope the people at Wikifeet are, are listening and uh, getting into it. My Wikifeet rating has gone up. Have I talked about this? Has it? Yes. So uh, <laughs> I posted on on Twitter a few weeks ago when uh, there were a couple different weird, like, 
both because of Army Hammer and Quentin Tarantino, people were making fun of foot fetishists on Twitter a lot. Oh. And uh, is Army Hammer a foot fetishist? There was just a video that he posted of his oh. son licking his toes or something. That's I don't right. know. Um, but people were talking about foot stuff a lot, and I was like, I was gonna come on here and defend foot fetishists, but then I looked up my rating <laughs> on WikiFeed, and you guys can go fuck yourselves because I had like a two and a half stars. That's so rude. But since I tweeted about it, it's gone up. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, let me see what it is right now. Uh, check. I think mine were rated okay last time I checked, which is honestly an ego boost. I'm at a 3.4 out of 5. That's great. Okay feet. That's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same as mine. Yeah, I think it was like a 2 before. You hear it, you heard it here. Two women with okay feet <laughs> hosting a podcast. I really feel like my feet are better than they are represented on WikiFeed. Mm. You have a 3.6. That's great. Yeah, it's better than me. Um, I've always uh had my feet called fat as i was growing up so uh which gave me kind of a complex about them fat feet yeah that's my own mother took me shoe shopping and said to the shoe salesman she has fat feet so if you have these in extra wide and i was like 12 years old <laughs> ruined my life oh my god <laughs> sorry mom she's a great mother <laughs> just Occasionally said something sharp. Um, well, uh, my feet are wide and I'm proud of it. <laughs> uh, Should I do butt pics? Yes, please. We've got a lot. So buckle in. Um, all right. This pic is from when I went snorkeling and my butt stu stuck out of the water and I got a bad sunburn. I had my mom take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a really cute butt with stripey yeah. underwear. And oh my God, that sunburn looks painful. Please put some aloe on there. We love your butt and so does the sun, apparently. <laughs> we got a really nice juicy butt with a red shirt and they pulled down their Hanes black boxers. Looks great. We got another one with a heart tattoo and a pink and white stripey thong. Great butt. Um, someone else, I don't usually do pet butts, but someone, um, said that their sweet garbage son knocked over a candle that had been, their son is a cat, um, <laughs> knocked over a candle that had been lit a half hour prior, then sat in the warm wax. Uh, this cat got candle wax all over his tail and haunches. And when it dried, nothing would remove it. So they had to take him to the grooming parlor and get his wee ass shaved. I love him, but he is truly an idiot. <laughs> There's a picture of the shaved cat butt and it's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> and thank you for covering up the anus. Yes. You didn't have to, but you know. But I appreciate it. Always appreciate it. Um, here's someone lying on a bed, spread eagle with their butt visible in the background in gray underwear. Very great. Uh, someone else wrote, I recently started getting into getting waxed. It makes my butt look so good. Enjoy my gay fat smooth butt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic butt. Those sound like good search terms. Yes. I love to search for gay fat smooth butt. Yeah. Uh, someone else said, I spent too much money on a stupid Facebook ad for what turned out to be great underwear from Portugal. Thought it was worth sharing. And it's like, it looks like um video game video oh, game controller. Yeah. It's like pixelated. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's great. Really good. Very good purchase. Um, doesn't look like it'll last that long, but enjoy it while it does. Um, someone else drew a whole comic about how they were in a park and a butterfly landed on their butt so many times it stopped being fun and started to be stressful being the center of attention. <laughs> <laughs> and then they attached a video of them laughed working the butterfly off their butt. Uh, that means you're very special. I love very, it. Very special. Someone else uh, sent a picture of their butt in rainbow pajamas or boxers. I can't tell. No, they're leggings. Um, they're great. And they said they hide the, their hairy buns. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was a lot of butt pictures. Thanks, yeah, everyone. Thank you, guys. Um, we, we also got... We love to look at your butts. We love them. We also got an email about... We were talking about people with two buttholes. And someone sent us an email that they used to have two buttholes in a way. They had a perianal fistula, basically a second butthole, but from the taint. Mostly it just oozed blood. Ah! <laughs> Got it cleared up now. So sadly, I'm back to one butthole, but no taint. Okay. Sorry about the oversharing of medical info. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. I enjoy that very much. <laughs> I love the stories about multiple butts, buttholes, rather. Um, thanks y'all well, thank you guys so much you can email us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com please rate us five stars on iTunes 
Uh, thanks to our producer, Rob Para. Our- thanks to Nate Heller for making music. And, and goodbye. Goodbye. Baby <laughs> hey. geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, coming at you hot. Three years after. <laughs> three and a half. Season three one. Now. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. It podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then at season two, we come at you with new hot co hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> uh, field trip. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog, now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.